This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. 76 days after Manchester City completed their 2022 23 schedule, their fifth domestic league trophy in six years, already safely on show at the Etihad, the English top flight is back this weekend and so are we this is betting weekly premier league show and ahead of the new campaign getting underway friday 3 p.m eastern don't forget now is the opportunity to get your money down for the futures for the 23-24 term you're with myself dan roebuck and hopefully pointing you in the right direction for some season-long value nigel seeley and jack right nigel we're led to believe that the premier league is the most competitive is that true city seem to win all the time. Why don't we just level stake them over the course of the last six years? Would be massively in profit. Is it competitive? Is it as good as the hype suggests? Well, first of all, hello guys. Looking forward to what's promises to be a fantastic season. Um, Manchester City have changed the complex of the whole of the Premier League and their betting in England. I mean, what they've done over the last six years is phenomenal. Uh, we we used to have favourites that win it, but we're never at a consistency. And you've got to go back to Manchester United in the 90s and probably Liverpool in the, in the, in the early 80s when really sports betting didn't really exist over here in this country. So, yes, I mean, you, you can say it's not competitive because their squad is so good. Um, but when you look at the Premier League, it's, you know, you say that Man City are the best team, but you look at the team that makes you the most profit, if you level stakes, that would be Crystal Palace over the last four or five years because they beat Manchester City twice at like 33 to 1. So, Yes, it is competitive. It, it, you do get shock results, especially at the early part of the season. You do get shock wins. You do get teams that don't perform, like Chelsea didn't perform last year. Liverpool didn't perform last year. There will be one of the big teams that don't perform this year. So you do get more shocks where teams can beat big-name team opponents. But what Manchester City do, did last year, and better than any other team I've seen in the Premier League history, even, even when Manchester is they just put their foot down at the gas in the second part of the season and they just went on. That's where their squad is so good and that's where the game has changed massively. That's why they're better than everyone else. Every other team has gone out and splashed the cash to try to compete with them, but they've still got to splash it again and splash it again and splash it again to even just stay on the coattails of this side. They are the best team in the Premier League. We could all sit here and say Man City will win. I mean, if, if someone took my two children hostage and said to me, listen, you need you need to, a winner of the Premier League. First of all, I'd say, listen, I'm not going to have a bet this year. You can keep them. And if I was, if I was, I'd, I'd probably, I'd have to say Manchester City. But we're not going to put down money at minus 125. You know, it's a lot of money to tie up for a long period of time. So, yes, Man City are the team to beat. Yes, they probably will win the Premier League this title. Am I betting them? The answer to that question is no. Jack, is their value at this stage of the season? You know, you look at some markets and the the money lines on the match markets at this stage of the season can fluctuate an awful lot. And even some of the outrights, the futures for certain leagues. But these seem solidified ahead of the campaign, certainly when it comes to the title odds. Is, is their value still to be had when it comes to futures markets at this stage of a campaign? Yes, there is. There's always value to be had. You've got to, you've got to find it. Is there value on Manchester City? My... my answer would be the same as Nigel's. No. 
Um, you're probably going to get better value over the course of the coming weeks in in just matchups rather than uh, the, than the futures. But there is value to be had. We're going to try and lead you in the direction of where that is over the next sort of 30 minutes or so. And also, don't forget, it's a, it's a marathon. So even if you don't quite see that value at the minute, don't rush into it because we saw it last season. We talked about it at length through the course of last season. When's the right time to pull the trigger on Manchester City? We knew we had to at some point in time. It was just getting that timing right. So be patient. Don't rush in. Keep your powder dry. There's always opportunities. And if it does slip by, don't worry. There'll be another one. Um, but like I said, we saw it last season with Manchester City. They offered a great start. But as long as we've got some competition there, that price is going to become a little bit more appealing. So, yeah, bear with us. City minus 125, Arsenal plus 500, Liverpool plus 800, United plus 1100, Chelsea plus 1600, Newcastle plus 1800. Do we go any further? Spurs plus 5000. Just want to get your thoughts on, on the, the major players here. We, we've touched significantly on City. I mean, look, I think we're all suggesting they're, they're going to get bigger in the autumn. Nigel, you suggested, look, they put the foot to the floor in the spring, which they did. Do you think they're going to go bigger? What price do you want to back them at if they do? Well, I was. I, we had this conversation at the end of last season because I, 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 I had conversations on the podcast with Jack, and I had conversations in the pub with you, Dan. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I thought Man City would hit a price where they would, they would be tempted because I just didn't fancy Arsenal going down the stretch. I was proven right on that occasion. There's been many times I've been proven wrong, uh, but I was right on that occasion. Um, they've just got the experience to do it. I mean, they can bring in two or three players. They can release. I mean, they seem to be a feeder club for the Saudi league at the moment from the players that they, they can just get rid of them and not lose any money. You know, they're just selling the same players who <laughs> got, got the best out of them for four years and sell them with a profit. I mean, it's amazing what they're doing there in terms of that that's, uh, acquisition and sales. But I, I just think they, they've got an excellent goal. The spine of the team is just so good. The, the strength of them. We saw yesterday, I was, I was at Wembley yesterday and, you know, it wasn't a great game, to be fair. And anybody who looks at the uh, looks at that match and takes anything into that game, you you really need to just sort of question yourself, thinking, "What am I doing betting?" If you think that's important, but you know, you know, when when Man City were, were chasing the game nil nil, they bring on Foden and De Bruyne. I mean, De Bruyne played for 15, 20 minutes. He he looked quality. Foden looked as good, and then obviously Palmer scored the goal. They should have won the match. Last kick of the game, deflection, the game changes, and they asked to win on penalties, but. That's where Man City is so good. I mean, they just bring in two or three players, release it. It's a conveyor belt of talent. And that's what the good clubs do. I can guarantee you anyone who's a serious better around the world, and I'm talking four figures, five figure betters, they'd only have one bet on this market. And that's Man City to win it. I can't see anyone saying, oh, listen, I'll say what I'm going to do. I'm going to have $10,000 on Arsenal to win it. Or oh, I'm going to have $5,000 on Manchester United. It is basically a question, do you think Man City will win the Premier League or don't you think Man City will win the Premier League? I think they will win the Premier League, but for my paltry stake, I wouldn't be re resting that money up. There's so many markets on Bet Rivers, so many different things, but Man City are the team to beat. The players they brought in are quality, but they've already got so much quality in that it's not going to be making any effect at all. Jack, what do you make of Arsenal's acquisitions? Because they've spent enough money here. I mean, they're plus 500 to win the league. You know, you could stick a naught or two on that last season. I mean, they, they, were, they were a massive price last year. I mean, Rice Havertz, Timber, a lot of cash, a lot of expectation now at Emirates Stadium. Yeah, certainly risen. Uh, I'd say they they obviously look in a lot better shape than they did at this point in time last season when they surprised us all. I think they took advantage of others' uh, inadequacies last season, really, to be fair. Liverpool massively underperformed. Chelsea massively underperformed. A few others did as well. 
um, and, and they took advantage of it. Played well. And yeah, I think they have recruited. You'd say that Rice is an upgrade on Xhaka. Um, Havertz is probably a better fit for uh, Arsenal than he is for Chelsea. Timber's a nice backup option in those defensive areas as well. I still don't think they're going to get as close to Man City as they did last season. Uh, as I said, I think they, they rode the momentum. They've obviously got the Champions League to consider this season as well. They didn't last year. They're in the Europa League, which they kind of binned off when they realised there was a strong chance of them being able to go the distance in the title race. They won't be doing that. Uh, with the Champions League this season. And I also think they need a trophy in the cabinet because at the end of the day, they got the same amount of trophies last season as Brentford and Brighton. None. So they will need to get a trophy, be it a League Cup, be it an FA Cup. And there's not many trophies to go around and they're still tough to win because as we saw last season, Man City like to win all of them. Just one thing on Arsenal before we go, Dan, just one thing on them. Um, I think they're the, the, the price is wrong in the whole market. I think they... Make the, when we kind of come on to other players, I think that five to one is just the wrong price. I do not believe they are the club that should be second favourites to Manchester City uh, behind Manchester City. I think that, that Man City could have won by more points if they really took the last match of the season into consideration. The title was already done. I think the the league table, uh, if you look at the first half of the second half, I think the Champions League is going to be huge. And I and again yesterday watching them play and watching them play in pre season. I know they're in pre season events, but they are screaming screaming out for a striker. They need a twenty-five goal striker. I can't. I, I can't have Gabriel Jesus as a, as a. I think he's too injury prone. He's had. He's had um, problems all, all in preseason. Why didn't he get the operation done four six weeks ago? And he'd be fit. I'd understand that. But I think you can't consider them a title threat without having a a, a goal scorer. And when you look at the top goal scorer market, which we're going to come on to again, there's only like one Arsenal player that features in the top 15, 20 in in the betting. So and he's out injured. That's the problem, and that's why I think five to one Arsenal from fifty to one last year to five to one. I know they're the team who've improved the most, but really that is a market price. That is a public play, and five to one is really skewing the whole market in terms of the rest of the contenders. Well, I was about to ask you, you know, what is the value here? Arsenal at plus five, plus five hundred, or Liverpool at plus eight hundred, or getting with Liverpool against Arsenal, looking at a handicap with Liverpool, because it seems to me when I look at Liverpool now. They're out of transition. And if you dial it back a few years ago, they were proper going head-to-head, toe-to-toe with Manchester City. What's your thoughts on Liverpool, Nigel? Well, they would be my bet now. I mean, the, the bet I would probably have, bet Rivers are a third, the odds one, two. And eight to one, I'd probably bet Liverpool. But I think there's better value on the betting without Manchester City. I think if I bet without Man City, or maybe even do a, a reverse forecast or an exactor, I think it is, in the States, where Man City and Liverpool come first and second, if you can get that market. Bet Rivers will add more markets as the week goes on. But um, a few years ago, I was betting that Man City-Liverpool to be the head-to-head two years ago. That was a 10-point max bet for me in the Premier League at even money. That was how dominant the two of them were. And if you look at Liverpool last season, they were, like you said, they were in transition. There was a lot of key players that were out injured. Diaz was out for a long time. We broke onto the scene. Uh, Jota was out injured. I mean, look at the how many goals they've got in that squad. McAllister, Nunes, Gakpo, Salah, Jota, Diaz. I mean, that just... And you talk about goal threat compared to Arsenal's goal threat. I mean, that is a huge amount of goal threat. I think Trent Alexander moving into midfield, we'll come on to him a little bit later, but he, that is that is a move that's going to be great for club and country. Van Dijk had an indifferent start to the campaign. We've got Betty. He's now the skipper of the club. One of the best goalkeepers in the league and Salah as well. They've also enhanced the squad. 
with with two big signings, big money signings, Dominic Sorbasli. What was it? How did you That'll do. Basley. Okay. Well, I was I was I was pronouncing Alex McAllister actually to be Alexis McAllister to be honest with you. But uh, the, the, anyway, um, yeah, he the, those two signings are absolutely they they make that squad even stronger. And I think now I, I think that is the maximum bet for me would be a match bet Liverpool to finish above Arsenal. I really do. Okay. I think I think Liverpool are a great bet. Outside the top three, uh, Jack, we've got United League Cup winners last season. We've got Newcastle in the Champions League this season. We, we, we're going to come on top four and thoughts in just a second. But if, if I mean, Nigel, you're suggesting here that the City, City are winners, Liverpool, if you stretch it a bit of value. Jack, how, how do you see the title race? Just just to sum up with sort of, you know, who you think's going to win in a, in a value play if someone gave you a tenner. That being boring, I'm afraid that we're starting off by agreeing here a little bit too much. I'm sure that will change over the course of probably the next 20 minutes and the season as a whole. But I'm with Liverpool as well. I think they've got so much talent, so so much goal threat. And I think there will be goals because defences look a little bit weak across, really, where there is where there's issues is, is in these defences. So I think Liverpool will exploit that massively with the players that Nigel's now mentioned. They have bounced back before. They obviously won the title um, three, four seasons ago. Got 99 points. Followed that up with a very poor defence of it with 60-odd points. Then went on to get 92 points. So, um, I think Jurgen Klopp's, you saw it last season. He had a burning anger inside him. And and it just overspilled at the end of the season. He was so frustrated he weren't competing with Man City. He wasn't up there in a title race or winning a trophy after the prior season where obviously they were close to that, that quadruple. And um, I think he'll, he'll use that and he'll galvanise that to, to, for, for good this season and use that anger, tell his players that we want to be up there challenging this season. I think they will be. As I say, those players are going to develop, haven't had a season here, the likes of Gakpo and Nunes, the injuries they had a problem with. And we all talked about the legs that they'd missed in midfield last campaign. They've put that right. And we've obviously got the excitement of seeing Trent in that more advanced role, that hybrid role throughout the season. I think it's going to be going to be crucial. So... Last season, they ended, I think if they'd ended it poorly, then you'd say, has the cycle of Jurgen Klopp come to an end? But they ended the season with 11 games unbeaten, seven wins in that run as well, all strung together, ended the season with two draws. So I think that is a is a nice starting point for them to go, right, we've got our players in now, let's kick on. Massive game, obviously, to kick off the, the season, which is going to be very, very interesting to see how that one pans out against Chelsea on match day one. But enough of that later. Um, for me, Liverpool have got the juice. Top four, if we're saying that City, Arsenal, Liverpool may be a bit of a, a given, or maybe not, because we, we've sort of looked at Arsenal in a slightly different light. We, we dropped down here, Nigel. Only City have been in the, the top four for the last 10 years consistently. Liverpool, Chelsea missed out three times. United Spurs, five, five Arsenal, six. Who, who do you think is more vulnerable here to miss out? We've got United minus 137 to finish top four. Chelsea plus 163 finished top four. Newcastle plus 150. Tottenham plus 350. Who's, what's your take on the top four market and who might be vulnerable to miss out or who do you like at a price to maybe get in? Well, I don't think there's anyone at a big price that's going to get into it. I mean, top six, maybe. You can get someone in, in the top six. Aston Villa would be my pick to probably the top six if we're going to look at that. But I think the top four is really, really hard to break. It's a party that not many people are invited to and the, the top the top teams are the ones that dominate it. Um, the one team I would probably say that if I was going to impose, oppose one of it would be Arsenal, I think. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but uh, minus 275, I, I wouldn't be betting Arsenal to finish in the top four. I, I think that um, the, the signing, Havertz is, is, a, is a, an unproven player in the Premier League. I think we're not quite sure whether he's going to work or he's not going to work. 
I think Declan Rice will be superb for morale. I think he's great in terms of getting the best out of the, the team around spirit. But I'm not sure he's going to work in that system. I think he's going to find it hard to not be the main man at West Ham. He was Mr. West Ham and everything like that. The pressure now at Arsenal is a different pressure. So I think the signings could backfire. I'm not I'm not 100% that they're going to be the, the signings that everybody... They've spent a lot of money, but they're not players that you would turn and say, well, he's going to make a difference. You know, not, not 100 million on the strikers was 30 goals. So I, I think Arsenal could be the one that, that could, could fall out if there was a bet. And the one I think that we've got, they will have a better season. There's no doubt about that is Chelsea. I think Chelsea will be strong. I think not because of the signings. I think they needed the striker, which they've got in in, in, in Kunko. And um, I think that um, with the manager, I mean, Pochett, I'm a huge Pochettino fan. I, I've always thought he should have gone to Manchester United. If he'd gone to Manchester United, I think Harry Kane would be a Manchester United player by now. Every ex-player who I've ever met who's worked with him or ever spoke to current players I've ever had the, the luxury of their company, They've all said he's the best coach they've ever worked with. His training methods uh, and what he gets out of the players, they they run. If you look at the amount of goals uh, Pochettino's team score late, it's incredible. And Chelsea needed that guy. It's every club absolutely in, in turmoil. And I think they've got the right man at the right job at the moment. And I think they'll they'll improve. Whether they're good enough to go in the top four, I don't know. But if I was looking at it now, I think Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United will be there. Arsenal minus 275. I wouldn't bet that. And if I was looking for someone to break in, I'd be Chelsea. Newcastle, I think we'll get a bigger price in the transfer window. And I think in the transfer window, you know, with the link with Saudi, we could see a loan deal with Benzema or something like that coming across, which wouldn't surprise me. And then we might be talking about them. But at what plus 150, it's a little bit too early for them. Uh, plus 275 Villa for top six, incidentally. There's also top 10 betting on the Bet Rivers site. Uh, Jack, your thoughts uh, on top four here? Who's vulnerable? Who might get in? Is there any sort of value play? I think the top four race is actually a really exciting one, or say the fourth place. For me personally, I've got um, Arsenal finishing third. So I've got the other other big names around there all battling for that fourth spot. Um, I think Man United was slightly ahead of project last season, probably six months or so. So possibly Ten Hag seems a little bit discontented with that preseason. Obviously, we've brought a new sign-in as well. How does that dovetail with the likes of Rashford? Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they get on. Casemiro has been a big player for them. Chelsea, obviously, are the, the, the ones that do stand out purely because they've got no European football. And I think that's a big factor at this moment in time that they they can pretty much have a, a, a 1 to 11 or a 14 players that are going to be their go to players throughout the season. Because realistically, other than when the FA Cup comes around, that's their side. They need to win it. And I can see, obviously, they're going to have a much better season than last season where they got the lowest points total since the 80s and 100 years since they scored fewer goals. So, um, you know, Pochettino's got a low bar to, to beat, but obviously they're not going to accept just an improvement. They are going to want to be up there challenging to break into that. So they would be the ones that you'd look at and suggest. So I think Newcastle will be a stretch too far for them to re repeat last season because I think they were the biggest benefactors of the fact that Liverpool, Chelsea fell away. And they've got European Champions League football to consider. And so I think they're probably two years ahead of Project M. But uh, so, yeah, I, I'd suggest that it, that fourth place will be a battle between United and Chelsea. Um, the, let's say Tottenham, we've, we've kind of not really mentioned, I think. So they've got a lot of issues to sort out um, ahead of that and they'll fall short. But um, yeah, Chelsea would be the ones at the price. And I'd probably oppose maybe Man United, given that situation. Just, just a quick word on Newcastle, Nigel. Um, it is going to be tough, as Jack says, for them to repeat what they did last year. Eddie Howe's plus 3,300 to be 
next coach to leave them Premier League. If they start badly, if they lose their first two Champions League group stage, is, is he under pressure? Could he go? This is a, this is exactly what I said last year. year. Exactly, <laughs> this, is my bet, this is my bet last year. It was, it was up there. With I my wasn't worst. on the show last year. I wasn't I invited. Go well, <laughs> well, if you bring that one up, you're not going to show next week. <laughs> uh, next year, has um, he got enough goodwill in the bank? Do we think now? Is has he got enough there with the owners? I think so. I think so. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to get rid of him straight away, but I think it, by Christmas, if he hasn't, if they're not looking at the Champions League, they may be under pressure. I don't think he'd be the first one. I think there's some clubs with real problems with managers. I mean, West Ham, Wolves. Uh, I think those guys are under a lot more pressure than Eddie Howe. Um, and also, really, when you consider how much money he's got available and how much money you see the Saudi league spending, he hasn't spent anything, really, compared to what he, he could spend. I mean, he's he's been quite cautious in his approach here. Maybe, maybe they're looking at him thinking, we we get to the Champions League, we do well, and then we see what happens at England and he might go off there and then we give a proper yeah. manager and give him a proper money. They probably might not trust him with the money. That's the problem. So, uh, and, and anyhow, with money in, in the Premier League in the past, it hasn't been very, very good. It hasn't been successful. So, uh, it, yeah. it's a bit unproven. I don't think he'll go first, but um, I think if, by Christmas time, if he's not in that position and they, they're struggling in Europe, then yeah, he could be under pressure. Uh, okay, let's move on uh, to the top goal scorer here because we've got some official picks in this one. Haaland, the favourite, minus 139. Kane, plus 700. We don't know... What's going to happen with him? Salah, 800. Both of those two players, of course, have won the golden boot previously. Then we get Rashford at plus 16. I don't really get. Uh, Haaland makes the market, Nigel, here. 36 goals last season. Is it the fact that, look, he's so much shorter than last season? He was favourite last season, but he was plus money rather than what he is now. Or is he going to find it harder? A defence is going to be a little um, shrewder against him, a little better against him. They'll know how he'll operate. How do you see this market before we get you two picks? Well, I think they knew what to handle him in the last second half of the season. They couldn't handle him. I think he's just an exceptional player. I think it's all about his attitude, really. I mean, he came to Man City, wanted to win trophies. He won three in a year. Uh, yesterday, he saw him subbed. Saliba had him in his pocket, really. He, brilliant performance from the Arsenal defender, who was excellent yesterday. Um, I don't think everyone could do that. And what what where he won the Golden Boot last year is he played pretty much every game and he was scoring hat-tricks and free goals against bad teams in the Premier League. Whether he's going to play every game, I don't know. And also, I would say, I would suggest that him, if you see him, he's all excitement. He's like, you know, Noel Gallagher has done a, a brilliant interview about him and he's after the Champions League semi-final. He says he's running around in his pants like a, like a five-year-old kid in the dressing room. He's so excitable. Whether he can... can it keep maintain that excitement and that well I'm here now I'm the, I'm the, I'm on a prove that because it's very hard and it's great when you're winning it's great when you're scoring goals when suddenly you've won everything it's very hard to keep them in only certain sports stars can keep that going you look at the legends like the tennis but Novak Djokovic as well they keep that going they keep going but a lot of players just have a dip so I think at minus and also we got very lucky of injuries last year minus 139 you know it was it was six clear of Harry Kane who had his best ever season and still couldn't catch him so I think this is different. I mean, obviously, Alvarez will, will play a few more matches, I think, as well, because obviously the World Cup win, I think he'll get a run out in certain games. But I don't think he'll play as regularly as he does did last season. I think they'll they'll protect him a little bit more. And that added the defenders, if they can cope with him, yes, they can. Um, he will he'll obviously be on penalties because Mares is gone now. So he's took he scored seven penalties last year, which helped his call. Man City will get a lot of penalties and he'll be on the penalties, which helps him. Um, but... I, I at minus one thirty nine. I think there's a lot of things to 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 oppose him with. I don't think he'll have, he'll have the same season of excitement first year in the Premier League, 
and also the fact I think he will be rested and, and there is a doubt that he could get injured. I didn't know it yesterday. I don't know if you did know. He's a big lad anyway, isn't he? He's a big lad. He, his condition didn't look great yesterday to me. His movement didn't look as good as it, it has been. I know it's the first day of the season. It takes. I mean, he time. barely touches the ball in games. That's the problem. No, but he's, but he's, 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 he's running off the ball. It's much more dynamic. He wasn't. I just looked at him yesterday, and I thought he was carrying a little bit of pounds extra. I know first of the season to come back, but uh, you know he's a young lad. He's won the treble. He's he's been back to his homeland. He's probably had a good summer, and uh, I'm not so sure whether he had the same season. I I think he's a worthy favourite, but at minus one thirty nine, that's way 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 too high odds for me to get involved. Incidentally, Saliba, Arsenal's win percentage last season, when he plays, 69%. When he doesn't, 59%. He did play so well we, against Haaland yesterday. Harry Simeon was was the, the... We got rid of him for all these Arsenal stats. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be impartial. Right? <laughs> you right. brought him, yeah, you yeah, brought him yeah, up, you didn't, not you, me. You, you, you didn't have to take the bait. You, 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 you brought him up, not me. We've got two picks from Nigel, which we'll get in a sec, I promise you. Jack, just, give us, just run the roll over your thoughts on the Golden Boot. Yeah, again, you can't be taking Haaland at that price. If he stays fit, yeah, he's probably going to win it. But you, you get in tying your money up that over that course of the season, not for me. Um, if you think he's going to be injured, which he has been in, in past seasons, then possibly go in for Alvarez because he's obviously going to be his direct replacement. Uh, you're getting big odds there, plus 4,000. Uh, Ollie Watkins at a price because uh, he, he was on fire under Unai Emery once he came in last season. If you're looking at big outsiders, but I... I'll, I'll leave it to Nigel because the guy that he's got lined up here is the one that I'd be putting up against them, against Haaland. Yeah, I like these two. You've got two picks for us, Nigel. Come on, the stage is yours. Who do you like for the golden boot? Yeah, the first thing you've got to say is that Bet Rivers aren't offering any each way market than this. And that's quite a, that's quite a disappointment, for actually, for me, because I wanted to bet someone to come in the first three. So this is only a win-only market Bet Rivers because of the low odds on Haaland. Traditionally, you need someone who takes penalties, uh, but I'm going, and someone who's got a chance of winning the Premier League title. They're the two things you need to look for. Uh, last year, Haaland got seven penalties. Carrie Kane got five um, uh, Salah got two. Rashford was the highest scoring player in the Premier League without scoring a penalty. My first pick is someone who doesn't take penalties, and that's Darwin Nunes. Um, he scored nine goals for Liverpool last season, 29 appearances. He's only 24 years of age. You've got to remember, you've got to people seem to forget that. I mean, he's he's come with a big, big money move. It didn't work out, but as the season went on and went on and went on, he was he was getting better and better and better. And the one thing this guy does, he creates a hat full of chance. He doesn't put them away. As, as prolific as everybody else. And you ha he did it last year in a wet Liverpool side that really struggled. This time around, I think he's going to be the main man for Liverpool. There is also talk that Salah could go to the Saudi league, which is always in the back, back burden. I mean, he could go in the transfer window. If he does go, which I think it's inevitable, he will go maybe at the end of the season or maybe halfway through the season. Uh, Darwin Nunes will be the main man for Liverpool. I think with Diaz now back in the side, Jota back in the side, creating those chances I think he'll have a massive season and he goes on to my Liverpool theme and the other one I like is uh, Nkunku from, from Chelsea uh, I know he got injured in the pre-season but uh, Darwin Nunes by the way is 18 to 1 uh, Nkunku is, is 28 to 1 um, again I think Chelsea will have a brilliant season and he is going to be their main goal for it you know he's going to be the main man at Chelsea this season in pre-season he looked really really good uh, his record in the Bundesliga he was a top goal scorer in the Bundesliga last year prior to that he was only two goals behind Haaland in the Bundesliga. I think Haaland got 22 goals and he got 20 or 24 and 22. I can't remember. He's only two goals behind Haaland. Um, I think he's going to take to the Premier League well. I think Chelsea will be 100% better than their last year. And I think Pochettino will build a side around him. And I think with the, the talent they've got, providing pulling the assists, I think Nkunku will be a, 
We'll get a lot of goals. And uh, I know he's got this injury doubt for the first match, but if you're going to miss a match, Liverpool's not the worst match of the match. If, if you were playing at home to Luton, then I'd be concerned. But <laughs> uh, but Liverpool is not a bad match to miss. So I'm going to go for Nkunku at 28 to 1, and I'm going to go for Darwin Nunes at 18 to 1 uh, as, as sort of some nice price bets to, to oppose uh, Haaland. But if Bet Rivers do offer any each way betting and Haaland and Harry Kane stays, Harry Kane's the bet each way, the best each way bet of all time at uh, seven to one to finish in the top three or top four. But at the moment, they're my two uh, people to oppose Haaland with. Couple, couple of things goal. on Nunes because Nunes was going to be the was the one that if it was an each way market would certainly like was was on my radar. His season with Benfica was very similar to that that he saw at Liverpool. They picked him up from Almeria in in Segunda in Spain, um, where he'd scored. Um, 16 goals. Uh, he then scored six in 29 for Benfica in his first season after they signed him for nearly $40 million. Um, and then he got 26 and 28 for the season that obviously piqued their attention, obviously come over to Liverpool. The other thing for anyone also just to bear in mind is that Salah, yeah, there was rumours today about Saudi, but also he's got the AFCON Cup of Nations coming up as well around Christmas time, which will mean he'll be out of the side for a bit, which Nunes will take advantage of. And also, if you're a Salah fan, want to back him, bear that in mind if you're going to put some money on him because he might not be playing as many as you think. Those are the goals getters. What about the goal creators? Because you've agreed here when it comes to the top assist uh, player or the player to get the most assists in the Premier League this season. De Bruyne makes the market at plus 175, but you're both sweet on Trent Alexander-Arnold at plus 650. Uh, Bruno Fernandes is plus 800. And then it's plus 1,200 Saka uh, and bigger. Jack, I'll let you, you kick off with this one. Why is Trent the player plus 650? I, I think um, De Bruyne, obvious contender, too short or too long in the market. Um, and also we are starting to see him pick up a few injuries. And I think Pep will try and manage his time a little bit. And this new role for Trent, that hybrid role suits him down to the ground. We've seen it and we've said it over the years that he looks like that would suit him. And he showed it last season, played there last 10 games for Liverpool, he managed to rack up seven assists, which is phenomenal. Um, six games involved where we create at least one assist in those last 10 games. So carries that on. Absolutely fantastic. And he said he's got so many targets up front that he can pick out. He's obviously gone on three kicks. He's on corners, but he's got Salah. He's got Jota. He's got Nunes. We talked about Diaz as well. Um, plus those midfield players like McAllister that we're looking to pick out. So we expect a much better season from Liverpool. We expect him in that role where he's going to be well advanced. And um, yeah, I just think he's going to be racking up well into double figures as far as assist is concerned, which will put him well up there at quite a nice price. Uh, Nigel, your pick as well, Trent Alexander-Arnold at plus 650? Yeah, I think he moving into that advanced position is, is a game changer for Liverpool and for England. And he played in that advanced role for England, the last two internationals, scored two goals and got four assists for England. Seven assists, like uh, like Jack said, in the last 10 games or whatever it was now, the half dozen games, a dozen games for uh, for his club. And I think uh, he's the man to beat. Uh, De Bruyne will be rested coming to the end of his career. And one guy at big price, I'm going to have for Jadon Sancho, 100 to 1, top assist for Manchester United. I thought he had an absolutely exceptional pre season. And in the Bundesliga, he was the number one assist in 2018, 2019, number two in 2019, 20, and number four in 2021. And at 100 to 1 in a Manchester United side that, uh, that can, Ten Hag actually does like him. And he's playing with a lot of confidence. I think if he gets a run in the side and his confidence gets going 100 to 1, uh, Jordan Sancho in that market each way is a good play. Yeah, 41 assists last three seasons in Germany. Not done it in England just yet, but he's a quality performer. Relegation markets for you here. Luton 
Uh, massive uh, favourites here, minus 305. Sheffield United minus 155. You look to be in trouble as well. Bournemouth plus 200. Burnley two, uh, plus 225 to go down. I mean, all promoted clubs, Nigel, stayed up uh, last year. I don't think that's going to happen uh, again. Um, who do you think is the, the best of the promoted teams to retain their their Premier League status before we get your pick? Because I know your pick's a little bit yeah. bigger. What's your just your, your thoughts on those uh, promoted teams? Well, as we stand now, I think Burnley are the best promoted size and it's reflected in the odds. Uh, mainly, purely and simply really because of the manager. I think company's a fantastic manager. But obviously, I know he signed a contract, but if a club comes calling for him in the transfer, when he could go and all of a sudden everything changes in that, you know, a team at the bottom of the table struggling for some form company will be linked with a job. So that is a change. Bournemouth tempted me at $2. I mean, myself and Jack put them up last year at minus money. I don't think, don't see much change then. I probably, I think they probably go a little bit backward from where they were. Shock of getting rid of the manager. But uh, I think Luton will go down. I think Sheffield United will go down. But I think if you're betting them to go down at minus 305 or minus 155, whichever team you fancy out of those two, I think you get much better value to bet them to finish bottom rather than get relegated. You know, Because I think it is going to be between these two sides, which means you're going to get a shock. I think Brentford will struggle this year. I think they'll go backwards. Obviously, you know, Ivan Tony, the goalkeeper is obviously linked to Arsenal, which is two of their best players. But I think West Ham at double figure prices has got to be a small play. David Moyes, is, he's papered up the cracks by winning the conference uh, last year. Uh, their league form was absolutely shocking. Everyone was calling for him to go. They're the only team in the Premier League who haven't bought a new, play, new player, despite having £110 million by selling their best player. Shows you what the West Ham board is like. That is going to cause absolute carnage uh, with the West Ham fans. The memories of Prague will be long gone on the first day of the season. Uh, Mr... Mr. Uh, Gold has got some Mr. Gold, Mr. What's the other? What's the, so Mr. Sullivan has a has 110 million pounds worth of Cockney's money in his bank and he's not spending <laughs> it. Well, that is not going to go down well, I can assure you, in the East End of London. And I think at 11 to 1, they're a club really struggling. Uh, there's more players linking and moving away from the club. They, they haven't got a goal scorer. They sold their best player. Manager's a heavy favourite to be gone. And uh, no new players in, so I think West Ham at eleven is uh, ten to one is eleven to one is a big, big price. Best price yeah. in the world days with Bet Rivers. Yeah, value play uh, plus eleven hundred West Ham to go down. Uh, Jack, you've got an interesting one for us when it comes to the relegation market as well. Who'd you like to go down? Friend of the show, Wolves for me. So this could be the last season for the famous nil-nil for a while. But um, I just think they've been in decay for the last two, three seasons gone from the days where they were up there challenging, looking to break into that top six, possibly under Nuno with some good players out there. And they were a solid side. They then reverted to the fact they just tried to defend their way to, to success. And they've now got rid of some brilliant players. Well, their best players. Um, Neves is gone. Um, they've got rid of Collins as well, who I think was a great centre half. Um, and they brought in um, not a lot, really. Well, they brought in Cunha for $55 million, uh, two goals for a striker in 17 appearances last season. Uh, what's he going to do this season? Where's the creativity coming from? Matt Doherty's come back, having failed at Spurs and at Atletico Madrid on a free transfer. But I say those, those exits, Neves, Collins, even Connor Cody, for his, not necessarily his abilities on the pitch, but in the dressing room and on the training pitch. Jimenez has gone as well, although he obviously hasn't been the player since that terrible injury. Matinho, so a lot of experience and the better quality in that side are gone. And obviously the main man that kept him up last season, Lopetegui, looks like he's days away from walking away from what is 
looks like um, a downward spiral. So for me, I'm taking them on um, as the better value pick as opposed to someone like Luton, Sheffield United, etc. Uh, plus 325 Wolves to go down. Lepetegui, plus 150 first coach to go West Ham, plus 1100, as Nigel was pointing out. Just before we wrap up, best bet of the ones that we've talked about over the course of the last 35 minutes or so. Nigel, what's your best futures bet for the Premier League season? Well, my best futures bet is actually linked to what we've got here. It's a bet Rivers got special. It's Trent Alexander-Arnold to have more than 10 and a half assists at minus 110. It sort of links into our our bet, but we can't really nap something up at, third, at sort of six and a half to one or seven to one. So I'm going to go for Trent Alexander to have more than 10 and a half assists on the Premier League season at minus 110. He's got 11 assists for club and country in his last 12 matches and you, that will cash uh, already for the season if you do that. Also, he's 33 to one uh, I've seen to win the PFA Player of the Year, which I really like. Jack, your best bet? Well, it was going to be Trent, but I better go for something different. No, he doesn't um... know. Go with it. It's good, it's good when we agree. Makes it double it? strong. Yeah, I like it. Oh, okay. Double, double strong. We'll go double strong and then Trent's my pick. Like, I think that's a that's an outstanding price. We're hopeful for a good season for Liverpool and Trent Alexander-Arnold by the looks of things. Uh, Nigel, Jack, thanks for your company. Look forward to seeing you throughout the season. Every Thursday, of course, week by week picks. We've got 34 weekends. We've got three midweek rounds. We've got a public holiday match round as well. For now, that wraps up the future show. We're going to be back later this week with a rundown of the best bets from week one of the new season and make sure you stay across all of the Bet Rivers content via at Because We Win. From all of us, it's bye for now.